Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trouble with the Stamp podcast. I'm Tyler here alongside Jeremy File. Basketball season's wrapping up tonight, Gonzaga versus Baylor. Uh, we're going to turn our attention to football because Michigan Michigan's going to both knocked out over three years. Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll be covering the Wolverines. Jeremy's area of expertise today. We are going to be covering mine, though, and that is Michigan State Spartan. Uh, there's something I want to get off my chest, though, before we do the spring break now. Um, I'm absolutely baffled by the fans that are giving Mel Tucker a pass while they crucify Mark D'Antonio. They just crush him. Oh, well, you know, he allowed this rape culture. Quit reading ESPN, okay? That, that's the first thing I'm going to say. Quit reading ESPN. Quit reading the headlines because all of those players were kicked off the team. That does not endorse a culture of rape. It doesn't. Were there situations that needed to be tended to? They need to in it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But there's 105 kids. One of those kids is going to get in trouble, at least. Just mathematically speaking. So that's a load of crap. Oh, well, D'Antonio left the cupboard empty. Jeremy, let me ask you a question. Who were you really excited about for Michigan State last year coming into the season? Oh, I mean, I, there's a handful of guys, but I was super excited about Elijah Collins because, by the way, he was a 1,000-yard rusher with the coach before, and yeah. they won a bowl game with the guys that they had last year. So there's a lot of guys. I mean, Antoine Simmons, hello. Naquan hello. Jones, Shakur Brown. Shakur Brown expected to be the first Spartan off the board, keeping what's it, the third or fourth longest draft streak in uh, NCAA history going right now. Yeah. Third or fourth longest active draft st- streak. Uh, Shakur Brown's going to be the first one off the board. So you've got three pros in Joan Simmons and Shakur Brown. You had an offensive line coming back. You had Peyton Thorne, who I was excited about, by the way, just like Collins. He did not play a ton. And the receiver course is talented as any group. From Trey Mosley, Jalen Naylor, uh, Michigan fans will know this name, Ricky White. Arguably the best receiving corp overall in the Big Ten. Besides Ohio. Arguably. Well, of course, Ohio State's got a few guys, but as far as depth, I know for sure depth-wise, Michigan State's the deepest wide receiver room in the Big Ten. No question. Okay. Well, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far because Ohio State's not here too long. So much better than Michigan State, but... Look, it, it's definitely right up there. And I, I mean, I agree with you in that regard. It, if Michigan State is not number two, they are number one. Let's say that. Yeah. And so you had all these guys coming back that you're so stoked about. You crap out a two and five record. Yeah. And you're willing to give Tucker a pass, but you were excited about all these guys just like everybody else was. But because he had a crap record and gave up 49 points to Rutgers at the beginning of the year, you're like, oh, well, you know what? Let's just blame the guy who's not here. It's just easier. It's just easier. not there. That guy also took you to the best time of Michigan State football in 50 years. 
50 or two words. Really for States last championship. Two words for you. Rich Rodriguez. This is Rich Rodriguez. Ooh. You know, different. But this is absolutely Rich Rodriguez to me. I will say this. I do want to give him this year to see what they look like because I think that some of the people that have said some things, like one thing I will say, your first year is always your toughest. We know that. Yeah. Um, and I do think this was a different year than what we're accustomed to. Like Mark D'Antonio came in. He had a spring practice uh, schedule. He didn't have COVID-19. So I understand that part. I'm not going to sit here and 100% rip the guy. But I'm going to tell you right now, this looks very Rich Rodriguez-like because Rich Rodriguez came in and wanted to change the culture too. A, a culture led by Lloyd Carr that was pretty darn good. A culture very similar to Mark D'Antonio. You know how I feel about those two coaches. I think they're a spinning image of each other. And by the huh? way, Lloyd Carr had some problems off the field as well with some guys. It happens. Everybody so, has problems off the field. I mean, right. look. In, 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 you know, I mean, Jim Harbaugh's had – not as much as, as Lloyd, but there's been stuff. I mean, we'll talk about transfer portal. I mean, that's not off-field issues. But, look, man, this guy's had a couple kids he's had to kick off. It just hasn't been printed. But, you know, I mean, look, my statement is this. I want to see what they look like this year. But I don't have faith in it. I just don't. And I have less faith in it than I do in Michigan, which is scary because I have a lot of problems with Michigan football right now. And But but Paul's going to earn his stripes this year, Tyler. He really is. Yeah, this, this is, this is going to decide how it goes because you have a lot of talent returning. Let's take a look at, uh, you know, kind of what this team's going to look like. I went through. I did my homework. And both Michigan and Michigan State, they're very similar right now. You know, they're two – very good programs historically. Michigan State, not as much as Michigan, but recent history, they're probably a cut above. Um, both teams have quarterback issues. That's for sure. Both teams have running back issues. Both, like, it, it's just absolutely incredible how similar these two teams are. Both teams were expected to be around 500 last year, at least according to you and me. And, well, they got four wins total. Um, so let's start yeah. under center for Michigan State. And this is the part that really just drives me crazy. Peyton Thorne played okay last year. Yeah. He, he was not a superstar by any stretch of the imagination. And instead of, like, latching on to that potential, he goes out, Mel Tucker goes out, and he gets a transfer quarterback from Temple in Anthony Russo. Not the guy who, uh, you know, is pretty much running uh, the Avengers series, but (laughs) the quarterback from Temple who had nine touchdowns in three games last year. That's a good number. Also had six interceptions. Four of those nine touchdowns came against South Florida. He's very turnover prone. Percentage-wise, he's more accurate than Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne completed about 57% of his passes last year. Uh, Russo was about 65%. But Peyton Thorne also was dealing with getting benched every other game for Rocky Lombardi. 
Rocky Lombardi comes out. Oh, you know what? Maybe now's not a good time for him to go. Let's bring Peyton Thorne in. Rocky Lombardi comes back out the next week. Oh, you know what? He still looks a little shaky. Let's bring Thorne in. And that, that's the situation that you're doing with this. And it's it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. And I'm going to go back to an example of Mark D'Antonio. Tyler O'Connor, Damian Terry, Andrew Maxwell, Connor Cook. Four guys all fighting for that starting job. Uh, Damian Terry, not so much because I believe he got hurt. I think he hurt his thumb on his throwing hand. Connor Cook ended up getting that job. Connor Cook looked like at least the second best one, if not he was the third best one out of the three guys that played. Tyler O'Connor looked the best. You want to know what happened when you gave the ball to Connor Cook? You got the winningest quarterback in school history. He doesn't he he was not the best. Maybe look, he's up there with Kirk Cousins. You know, if you want the wins, you go for Connor Cook. If you want the stats, you go for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. That, that's pretty much what it boils down to. And well, they got yeah, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's kinda like, you know, you can't go wrong either way, but no. honestly, no Connor his three years starter was unbelievable. Yeah, he, he he got those wins. He developed he played with two guys who, you know, nobody thought much about and both of them, Tony Lippett, excuse me, and Aaron Burbridge turned out to be Big Ten receivers of the year, you know. But that that did not happen until Mark D'Antonio said, you know what, Connor, the show is yours. Mel Tucker is not giving the show to Peyton Thorne right now. Even though Peyton Thorne's percentage is better than what Connor Cook's was when Mark D'Antonio gave it up. And the difference is, is and we've talked about this receiver group, you have a lot at wide receiver. You have Ricky White. You have Jaden Reed. You have Trey Mosley. You have Jalen Neal. You have guys who you don't even have to just throw. Like, Thorne doesn't have a big arm like Cook and Rocky Lombardi. But you don't have to with those receivers. You can throw a five-yard button hook, hit Jaden Reed, and let him scat for 26 after the catch. Like, you have guys who can make plays. It's not an issue of, uh, oh, well, he needs to have a bigger arm. Yeah, it'd be nice. In in two-minute situations, it's good to have a guy with a big arm like that. But you can stay in games if you dink and dunk and use the passing game as an extension of the running game. And that's where I think Mel Tucker's completely just dropping the ball in this situation. Well, I, I think what it is, the best thing he could do is he could probably mimic or mirror what Mark D'Antonio did. And I think that this program has to realize that you're just not getting the type of talent to run a certain offense. And I think they have said the right things, Tyler, on this end, where we're going to have to be able to be physical and play Spartan football, which is running the football. And I think it really worked for many years for them as they were the most physical team in the conference for multiple years. And that was the way they knew they were going to win. You win with three stars that way, being tougher, being stronger, and, and just punching people in the mouth. 
and I think that they still have a little bit of that there. I've seen a little bit of fight with the defense against Northwestern last year. I've seen a little bit of the fight in the offense against Northwestern last year. I mean, Northwestern was really good last year, and Michigan State just, just punched them. I mean, just completely punched them physically. And that says a lot because Northwestern physically punched Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really yeah. did. And, you, you know, you hate to compare those teams, but, you know, bottom line is when you can do that, you got to look at what worked and say, we physically beat the snot out of Michigan. We physically beat the crap out of Northwestern. We don't have to get, you know, too crazy on offense. Let's just, hey, play action, a couple of long balls. I thought Peyton Thorne threw the long ball great against Penn State. And I thought that he threw the, the simple stop routes magically. I mean, I hate to say big words, but I thought Peyton Thorne in that first half against Penn State, you just won the job, buddy, for the whole next year. I mean, I thought he was so good. Because Penn State, you could say whatever you want. That was a really talented team last year. That was a team that had a couple weird things happen with injuries. And that defense was loaded with mm-hmm. talent. And what happened in the second half of that game is they completely dominated up front. And that's why they just, you know, when they beat Michigan State down in the second half, is Michigan State's offensive line has to play better. And Peyton Thorne, though, is not the the quarterback issue should have already been solved. You know, you got a really good freshman coming in. You got another kid. Um, you know, what's his name who's already there? I always forget. It's the guy that you guys always bring up that I always okay? forget. I know you. Well, yeah, Theo Day, exactly. You have three quarterbacks who have multiple years left, and you bring in a guy who this is how you lose your team. Like Michigan, I said this to you, Tyler, Michigan and Michigan State, you don't have this room for transfer portal stuff or or quarterbacks just leaving. Like, look at Joe Milton and Dylan McCaffrey, both gone. Dylan McCaffrey – we dropped – talk about dropping the ball. Yeah. We dropped the ball on a guy who really could have done something for us. And we just said, nope, Joe Milton with that arm is the guy. Yeah. And we should have known better, and we were all – You were I said McCaffrey. And <laughs> now we don't have a quarterback. Yeah. You know I mean? That – Michigan State could literally be in that ball. I mean, do you blame Peyton Thorne, Tyler, if this is what happens this year? They give the ball to Russo and he barely plays for him to just leave the next year or leave midseason? You don't blame him because what the hell? You you played well. You had a lot of good games. Uh, You completed, I think, 11 in a row against – was that one Penn State? Yeah, you completed yes. 11 in a row against Penn State. Um, that hasn't been done, by the way, since Connor Cook. Um, and right. so when you break it down, yeah, I'd absolutely think. And look, you will have certain receivers wanting a certain guy to throw the ball. And you know what? Look, it's been a while since we've had McGarrett Kings on the show. Well, we might talk about the quarterback situation with receivers. Because he, he went through it. He, he was a part of that team. And, you know, he was a great guest. And so I'd love to have him back on. Maybe I'll uh, reach out to him and uh, see what he wants to do. But, yeah, it, it's huge. You, you can't do that because certain guys would rather catch the ball from other players. Look how bad Ronnie Bell well, looked look last at, year. Look Ronnie at how terrible the year before. 
Tony Lippett and Benny Fowler look with Andrew Maxwell. Yeah. But Couldn't catch they, could. they had more drops than anybody else in the Big Ten that year. Benny Fowler, I thought, was never going to yeah. make it. Connor Cook comes in. Benny Fowler gets nearly 900 yards and a couple huge catches in the Rose Bowl. The, and they're nothing without that quarterback, James yeah. Tyler. I mean, I, and this is what people don't get. Without Connor Cook, like, they're a good team. They got tons of talent. But you probably lose a couple games there still that you shouldn't have lost because you don't have a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, well, look, look know, at the like, Notre Dame game. The Notre right. Dame game, though, I think a lot of that was largely on the officials. And I'll go to my grave crying that sure. that Michigan State team could have beat yes. Jameis Winston in Florida State that year. That being said. Agree. That being said, that Notre Dame game, with two minutes left, they took Cook out and put in Andrew Maxwell, who, by the way, ran out of bounds on yep. a fourth down at the end of the game. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm happy. Oh, yes, I am. Never mind, because I actually – you know my bandwagon fan this. I love my yeah. Irish. Well, living down here in the Mishawaka South Bend area, I don't. Um, but – Look, this isn't to say, this isn't all to say that Russo's bad. It's just to say I do not understand the concept of bringing him in and saying it's an open competition. That's what I don't get. I get that. Yeah, I, yeah, I get you want the best players to play, but is a one-year rental of Russo, if he's just a little bit better than Thorne, is it worth putting him in over Thorne and then losing what you who your starter would have been the next season? That's my question. Well, let yeah, let me let me say give you a good scenario though for Spartan fans who are you know they love Clappy guy and they love the, by all the, the way Clappy, the Clappy, One thing Clappy say, is Mel, Mel Tucker's is Files nickname for Mel Tucker. He he's he's got yeah, a he's very Brady Hoke feel to him with the Clappy. Oh, he does. He has such a. You know what? He is Brady Hulk. Sorry, Rich Rodriguez. He, you, he's better than you. <laughs> he's better he than Rich Brady Hulk. Oh, God, the way he claps is majestic. He is Brady Hulk. Brady Hulk talked about culture all the time, too. Oh, God. But anyway, look, here's the thing that could happen. The Michigan State fans will like to hear this. Remember when Michigan just got Harbaugh and they were like, we need a freaking quarterback. They already had Wilton Spade, who, by the way, came in and played really well a game that year and pretty much won them the game. People forget this. He came in and yep. they played Minnesota, and Rudock got hurt, and Spate was locked. I mean, he was lights out. And, and it was just like, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, this, like this is – this guy can play. Well, they didn't have faith in him, right? Same situation here. They brought in a guy. They're bringing in a guy who has one year left like Rudock. They maybe don't have full faith in a quarterback yet. This can go that way, though. But the bottom line is, what did I tell you, Tyler? I said, that was still a setback for us. Because what if Wilton Spate played that whole year? Maybe we lose a couple more games. But maybe the next year, because, by the way, he was pretty good in 2016. He was, you know, the guys he was loved solid. him. He was pretty yeah. good in 2017. He, you know, if if you guys look back to Wilton Spate, I don't know his numbers, but look at the ball he threw against Wisconsin. That was right on the money, deep ball. Boom, touchdown. Amar Darbo scores. Without that throw, we lose to Wisconsin. And we're not even in discussion of the spot against Ohio State because Wisconsin was just beating us up. 
and we couldn't score on them. And we had a quarterback that made the throw. And I just think Peyton Thorne is a more athletic, better Wilton Spate. You know, like you don't need you don't need a Rudock Russo. You you've got a guy who showed you what he could do with you treating it bad. Like that was poorly ran. Rocky Lombardi, they should have known this guy just doesn't have it. I mean, anybody could see it. He's either touchdown deep. Hey, Jeremy, or last, never March, last March, who did I say the quarterback should be from Michigan State? I mean, you called Thorne from, from day one. And, and look, it's true. I mean, look, we know it. We've seen this. We watch it for years and years and years. You can tell the guy that's going to be able to give you the best chance to win fully. Like Rocky Lombardi oh, made yeah. some big time plays. But if you want to take that next step as a program, you know the quarterback you got to have. Like, bottom line, Shea Patterson was a huge upgrade compared to Wilton and them guys. I mean, I hate to say it. Everyone wants to rip Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson was much better than those guys. That was a five-star kid, and he really had great numbers, which is sad. They rip him to shreds. He just wasn't Justin Fields. You know, I mean, that's all it is. You know, I mean, he, he was a little inconsistent with the deep ball, but that dude was a good quarterback. You know, he's better than anything we have right now unless J.J. McCarthy becomes a star. And that's what Michigan fans have to realize. This is why quarterback decisions yeah, and we'll, are we'll, so we'll important. We'll talk about Michigan, so uh, You know, tomorrow. Russo coming How about we do that? Yeah, save a little bit. Yeah, Because yeah. uh, well, we still got a few more position groups to go through. Um, look, this is yeah. another situation, though, similar to the quarterback. What about the running back spot? You know, we, we've talked about Collins. I mean, look, he didn't run for 1,000, but 988, I'm going to round up. He didn't play the first game. Let's just call that a wash. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. He's a 1,000-yard rusher. And what Michigan State does here, they bring back Hayward. No relation, by the way, to me. Spelled differently. Loved watching his dad play, though. They bring back Hayward, who transferred or was going to transfer, and decide to come back. They yep. start Hayward, who the reason he was going to transfer was he got benched for a 1,000-yard rusher. They bring in <laughs> Jordan Simmons, who, who's, look, Simmons looked good as a freshman. He had moments. He, you know, yep. uh, he, he needs it all a little bit harder. And then you bring in, now you're bringing in kind of Walker, who I'm assuming he's going to get the starting job. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to, as a transfer, um, you bring him and I'm assuming he's going to get the starting job. But if Hayward was good enough to come back and Hayward was good enough to take Elijah Collins' job, because let's remember, Elijah Collins, he, he did lose a lot of touchdowns because Michigan State would give the ball to Ladarius Jefferson on the goal line. I... I'm just completely baffled. Michigan State didn't have a rushing touchdown from a running back last year. Those those touchdowns Hayward got against Michigan through the air. They did yeah. not have a rushing touchdown by a running back last season. I think they had one from a tight end, if I'm not mistaken. Matt Dotson. I, it, <laughs> uh, I don't think – I'm not sure if it was Dotson. Who, by the way, not on the roster. That would be really disappointing. I, 
did like him. I'd like to see him a little bit more physical as a blocker, but I thought he had, I thought he was a good receiver. Um, sure. But look, running backs a lot like quarterbacks. Just give the ball to one guy. One guy. Yeah. It's... You know, I, I'm not I'm not a firm believer in every down back. And look, occasionally look, Hayward's a good receiver. He's got good hands. This isn't bashing him. But you put someone who quit on his teammates, and you're like, oh, by the way, you're the starter again. Mm-hmm. I, and he's got good hands, so I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, third down, you want to run a screen pass, put him in, fine. Yeah. Third down, you want that extra pass protection, put him in, I'm okay with that. But I don't understand thinking that you can run stretch plays with him instead of Collins or Simmons. And you're shocked when you only get one yard. Yeah, it's look, quarterback and running back. There is some similarities as far as why you don't want to tinker too much. So, here's well, the, I mean, ultimately, it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, get your reps, get in a rhythm. It's no different than look. I mean, one of the things you and I talk about off the air all the time is Dwayne Stevens' substitution pattern. Oh. And so when he makes those changes because one guy makes a little mistake, it doesn't help him get into a rhythm. Now, are there certain situations where I agree with it? Absolutely there. Because certain guys, I'm well aware of what they are not capable of. And if they get put in a situation consistently by the other team where they're not capable of resolving it, fine, pull them after one or two plays. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I if Hayward's going to fumble the ball three times on four carries, bench it. I'm okay with that. I think – But you got to get in a rhythm. Who fumbled last year? I think it was Penn State. Was it Simmons? I mean, that was really the only bad moment. It, he had a fumble against someone. I can't remember. And that was the only uh, – Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Maybe – who fought, someone fumbled against Penn State, I remember – and it was kind of a blunder, I thought. Maybe it's a different game. But honestly, a running back, it was just, look, Simmons looked really good. He attacked the, you know, attacked the gaps quickly. Uh, Collins has a lot of experience being a good running back in his past as a freshman. Um, they got talent there. I mean, Hayward is a good uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. And he, he's still a big running back. I'd like to see him probably lose a little bit of weight if he's going to be a premier back, which he won't be this year. They get the transfer who is everybody's high on, which, you know, he'll probably come right in and be the guy. Um, and I hate to keep doing this comparison thing, but it makes sense. Look, look at, look at the bottom line for Michigan in the past. When we said Karan Higdon, you're the man, we were really good. But when we did this tinkering back and forth with him and Chris Evans, we struggled. When we did this tinkering with Hassan Haskins, and Charbonnet, we struggle. Mm-hmm. So, look, you got to have a main back. And I just think this won't be the case for Michigan State this year, though. They're going to play multiple guys in the backfield. And I think rightfully so until they figure it uh, out. I think Walker's going to be the future back to stunt. I hope so. But I think that there, it is a new program. So I think there might be a little bit of some missteps or he won't just take right off. And also the offensive line's got to get better. So I think that's the big thing, Tyler, with the running game. I think we're not talking enough about the offensive line as Michigan State fans. That's your problem. Yeah, And look, that's – sorry to cut you off, but look, that, there's a chance that's resolved this year. There I is. Hope so because you, you look at it, Matt Allen's coming back. He's got starting experience. Nick Zamek and J.D. Duplain, they were good last year. 
they they were like some of the lone bright spots on regards in regards to that offensive line. Uh, Spencer Brown's. I'm expecting him to take a big leap. I've been waiting for him for a while. Uh, Kevin Jarvis, they said he might move back to guard. That will finally get me off Tucker's case about keeping him at tackle when it wasn't necessary. Matt Carrick has starting experience. Jacob Messiah has starting experience. Blake Buter has starting experience. AJ Curie is on the roster. He has starting experience. You have yeah. guys with experience. It's just a matter of getting them to take that next step. Uh, Samick and Duplaine kind of give me hope. Jarvis gives me hope. I think that those three in the middle should help solidify that line. The question is, because Allen can't move out to tackle, Messiah might be able to. Arcuri is a tackle. So Arcuri is going to be there. Um, but I'm not 100% sold on him due to the injuries that he's had to deal with. You still need to figure out what you're doing with that other tackle spot. You do that because Curie's injuries and the uncertainty at the other tackle spot that's what makes me nervous because that's where quarterbacks get hit. <laughs> and yeah, so, no, look, the you, this is for any program. You can name anybody you want. What they got to do a better job of on both ends up front is first down. I mean, you, you got to be able to move the ball to the ground. You know, you, like you said, we got to have a feature back. If that feature back's to transfer, we got to move the ball and get four or five yards sometimes on first down. We got to give our quarterbacks a little bit of leeway and we can run some play action stuff, but we got to start punching people. And the wins they had last year, the two of them, they did. They were the most physical team up front. And, and I just think that that's the culture. Like, you know, that's the type of kids they get physical, big kids who want to run the ball. They want to knock you around. And I don't think they have a terrible offensive line. I just don't think that they know what to run on offense. I mean, I think that this to me as a football fan, but someone who's been around it long enough, this is a team where I look at, they're big and you got to move people and run the ball. Yeah. And you have good enough receivers where you could really, really on second and short destroy teams with the receivers they have. But if you don't run the ball and you don't move people, it don't matter. I mean, it just doesn't matter. And that's the type of team you have. You have great slots. You have speedy guys on the outside. Let's push people around up front. Four or five yards. And, hey, by the way, play action, quick little slant, boom, gone. Yeah. I mean, Naylor is a burner. Yeah. He is a burner. Jaden Reed's a Ricky, burner. <laughs> Ricky White's a burner. And then the kid coming in, oh, my gosh. I mean – What's his name? Keon. You Keon know, Coleman. I mean, the kid. That, Coleman is an athlete. If you don't, Mel Tucker, Earth to Mel Tucker, clap, clap, clap. You got to play that kid right away. <laughs> you know, or you might lose him to basketball because well, I hope, that I, kid I hope is, he goes basketball. <laughs> that's just me. Well, uh, that dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, defensively, because uh, we we got to go. I mean, I knew most of it was going to be on offense, anyways. Defensively, you lose Antoine Simmons. You replace him with Chase Klein. I can live with that. Chris Ch- Chase Klein to me just he he kind of reminds people of Chris Fry. And look, not to put stereotypes on anything, but he's a white, high energy, high motor guy who can run off the edge. Like, yeah, that's Chris Fry. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. he's a little bigger. I I think he's a little bit bigger. You have him. Noah Harvey's coming back. Drew Beasley's 
taking the COVID year. He's coming back. Jacob Pondershoot taking the COVID year. He's coming back. Naquan Jones going to the NFL. We talked about that. But Jalen Hunt was mentioned as one of the top three defenders on the team last year. He's going to be in replacing Jones. Slade is going to be back yep. at the other tackle spot. I like the front six. The back five is where you start to run into these issues. Xavier Henderson, Michael Dowell, Darius Snow, Kalen Gervin, Angelo Gross. That's my guess. Um, Henderson yeah. and Dowell are safeties. Snow, I think, is kind of going to be that fifth defensive back spot, that rover-ish type spot that you have. If not, it's going to be Dowell and you just slide Snow, you reverse those two. Whatever. Gervin and Gross are going to be the corners. Gervin has not impressed me so far. Um, no, Trey Person wasn't on the roster. I, In all honesty, I would have loved to have had him come back. He looked okay last year for all the crap that we've given yeah. him on the show. Um, sure. but, he was better last year. No but, the, but the secondary is a major issue for concern because, like I said, Gervin didn't impress me. Gross is undersized. And then you're going to bring in Snow, who hasn't played a ton. You're going to bring in Dowell, who, yeah, he got some time last year. H- Henderson is the only person who you can really be comfortable with. And, you know, even he had, even he's not, you know, top flight safety. Yeah. I, I think it's just a lot of really good football players on, on defense. Not great. But you can win a lot of games with good football players. I mean, if your scheme is good and guys play with an attitude, play with an edge, and those good attitudes and, and that togetherness sometimes turns out to be elite football defensive play. Like, we've seen that with Michigan State in the past, right, where look, there was guys that were not highly touted, and they became absolute NFL studs, like Trey Wayne. Like, I don't think a lot of people thought me. I mean, Craig Jones comes in, and I mean – he gets completely dissed by Rodriguez. We, we heard the story there, and he was everything that we wish we had over here. So, I mean, you just playing together, chemistry. Mel Tucker's a defensive guy. I'm telling you guys, that's the thing that really bothered me about last year's team is they were not physical defensively. Yeah. And, and I was surprised because as aggressive as Mel Tucker is, and you know what it was? is They were confused. Half mm-hmm. They didn't know where to go. And that's what it was. It wasn't that they're not tough or they're soft. They didn't know where to go. They, they gross last year. I mean, he got burned on the play against Penn State, right? He didn't know where to go. True freshman. He's confused. True freshman. It, the, that true happens freshman. occasionally for true freshmen. I expect it to be a lot better yeah. this year. Um, I, I well, love him. I think he's going to be great. Oh, yeah. So do I. Like I said, he's a little undersized, but you know what? So is Josiah Scott. And he, you know, he made uh, some big plays yeah. against guys like Corey Davis, who, by the way, sent me great career in the NFL. Um, Jacob Ponishu, mm-hmm. I think, is a guy you kind of got to keep an eye out on. Uh, look, he, he, lost, he lost a lot of weight due to COVID last year. You know, he had COVID. He yeah. went through that. He lost a lot of weight. He had a disappointing season, and that's why he's coming back. Um, he, he, yeah. he, he straight up said it in uh, you know, his little press meeting the other day. You know, he, he lost too much weight, and it I mean, you, you have to have a little bit that to if you're going to be physical, if you're going to push around like that. But look, you said the defense has a lot of good pieces in place. I agree with you. Um, offensively, you can't turn the ball over. You got to move it, and that's where I think Thorne is going to be better than Russo because Russo does turn the ball over a lot, and he is not playing Big Ten competition. 
And so that that's where I like Thorne. You also got to have a guy who can punch the ball. Bryce Berenger, Bryce Berenger, he had moments last year. He had some bombs, but he was incredibly inconsistent. He could punt one like yeah. 54 yards, and then the next thing you know, he shanks it out of bounds for 23. And Yeah, they not punt the ball yeah, well. And that's where the Jake Bowemeister, you know, he left, went back to Australia because of the COVID scares. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's where he was missed because I <laughs> I saw him kick before. And, oh, man, he's got a boomstick. <laughs> but Behringer, he has the potential. He's just got to get up there. Uh, Coughlin, by the way, speaking of boomsticks, God, he increased his range by about 12 yards. He went from 42 to 54. <laughs> you know, he, he, yeah, he, 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 was, he was a little more consistent, but. Look, all those things. Look, potentially, this team can win eight games. Potentially, Absolutely. it's just a matter of Absolutely. running the right offense, getting guys in the right positions. Which I thought, like I said, Mel Tucker did an awful job last year. Whether it be like actual physical positions, like Kevin Jarvis playing tackle instead of guard, which playing not only playing tackle, playing the opposite tackle of what D'Antonio did when the offensive line got beat to crap for him, and he had no other choice but to put Jarvis yeah. on the outside. Like he, They they were yep. like, okay, not only are you not going to be playing back in your guard spot, which, like I said, he might miss here, according to uh, Kaplovich, but mm-hmm. not only are you going to not play in your guard spot, you're not going to play the tackle spot you played last year. you got to learn a whole new position now. Good luck. And he looked yeah. awful. Well, I, I I will say this. You know, I know that this is like a little off topic, but it, it, you know how this thing works. Michigan State last year, when they looked good, it was like, wow, this is a good football team. When they look bad, you're like, this is the worst team in the conference. That inconsistency is coaching. That in, inconsistency is coaching and confusion, and and that's why they struggled last year because you could tell when they were on, they had the players. They mm-hmm. had the athletes. I mean, they were able to smack Northwestern. They were able to just smack Michigan physically. So that tells me they have the physical athletes and they have the talent. But here's the problem, and this is what I worry about for you Michigan State fans, is you have to know what's worked for you. And, and the players that come in, you got to run things. Know your personnel. Yeah, you you got. There's no reason why offensively this team should not say, control the clock, don't turn it over, like Tito said. You just said it, Tyler. Control the clock, don't turn it over, we'll be fine. Any football team would say that that's like Michigan State. Now, if you're SEC, one of the top recruiting teams, and you got burners all over the field, and you're Ohio State in the Big Ten, there's no reason to control the clock because we got mismatches everywhere. Let's just use them. But you can win football games by doing what Mark D'Antonio did. Mel Tucker did beat Michigan, though. That's what I, end, I want to end on. That gives you confidence. That does pump your culture up. And I do think that this year is vital that he gets guys on the right track. Because, I, I mean, as much as we talk, Tyler, hey, I have no problem saying I'm wrong for Michigan State fans. Hey, I was wrong. This dude's got yeah. it rolling. But until I see changes schematically and certain things that I know won't work to win Big Ten titles, because this is about winning Big Ten titles. This isn't about just beating our rival. You know, like I'd love to beat Michigan State every day, but if we go five yeah. and seven every year, I'm going to be pissed. You know, I mean, you know, so and Tyler feels the same way. He wants to win. 
But, you know, here, here's the thing, man. Michigan State's got a ton of talent. I don't think people realize oh, it hey, yet. Ju- I just think out of curiosity for year. the cupboard, uh, is em- cupboard was left empty. Um, who brought in all this talent? I'm looking. Trey Mosley, D'Antonio recruit Naylor. D'Antonio recruit Jaden Recommit. Michigan State, well, D'Antonio was there. Peyton Thorne, D'Antonio recruit. Elijah Collins, D'Antonio recruit. Hayward. D'Antonio yeah. recruit the entire offensive line that should be a lot better this year. D'Antonio recruit entire defensive line. D'Antonio recruits. Look, the cupboard's not empty. We like we win through well, on they, paper. They this that, team though, is Tyler. very talented. Yeah, well, let's not do this whole thing where oh, wait till we get our guys. You don't want to go the Michigan route, people. We've done that. We used to say that all the time, and it didn't work out. You know, like hey, by the way, the cupboard was really full because of John Beeline in basketball too. By the way, uh, Isaiah Livers and Eli Brooks, uh, they uh, they kind of learned from a good coach. They were ready to play. Um, you know, Austin Davis was still with John Beeline, which he actually got better with Juwan. But look, I know I do this back and forth thing, but that's the bottom line. It's no different for Michigan or Michigan State. There's certain coaches before that did a really good job, and you pick up on that. Hey, Ryan Day seems to pick off Urban Meyer pretty well, doesn't he? He don't say change the culture. <laughs> He's like, hey, these guys are one. Let's just keep it going. You know, it just it drives me crazy with both our fan bases, Tyler. Yeah, you know how I does. feel about it. Yeah, we'll talk about the other fan base. We'll talk about Michigan tomorrow. I might bogart a little bit of your show like you did with me. Oh, God. Um, well, tomorrow or Wednesday. Tomorrow or Wednesday. Tomorrow or tomorrow. Wednesday. You, you, you and I uh, need yeah. to work that out. But we will. I'm going to be very angry or tomorrow, Wednesday? by the way. I, no, tomorrow well, I'm going to be money very on angry. Very. No. I just don't – I don't like the direction we're heading in football at all. We'll, we'll talk so. about that. Well, like I said, Tuesday or Wednesday, it just is dependent on some scheduling that me and Jeremy need to work out. But, look, this yeah. is what we got. We got a talented football team in Michigan State. It's just a matter of putting it together. It was talented last year. Put it together. You know, yep. that's – that, that's what it comes down to. Together, yeah. uh, you got to replace Simmons as a, as the leader on the team because look, I know a lot of people equate the leadership to winning. Look, Antoine Simmons was a freaking leader, and you need those types of guys who yep, will sit there and call out other people on the bull crap. You do. He certainly doesn't fall for yeah. the uh, wildcat. No. Oh, sure. What a play that was. What a game that was for him. Unbelievable. Just put him on the map of Every I, I, every NFL mad. scout, but yeah, well, hey Jim Harbaugh, you're a moron. Hey, save it. Thank s- you. Save it for the I next couple days, out. okay? But we'll, uh, yes, like I, I said, we'll talk about all that, and we'll continue to stay on top of any transferring, uh, NBA declarations, just all that other stuff going on in the college basketball world in regards to. Michigan, Michigan State, but that does it for us on the Trouble with the Snap podcast. For Jeremy File Hunt.